0: welcome to your journey to happiness my name is Angelo Quibelli and today's season 1 episode 13 lucky 13 the first 60 days okay let's do this so I'm in the cabin now for a little over 60 days and I, I apologize for not doing a podcast sooner but it's been so busy and crazy in, a, in, a, in an exciting way so, I just wanted to give you an update on what's been going on for the first two months. Because, you know, it's very exciting for me. And, you know, hopefully uh, it won't bore you guys. Um, so, again, like, you know, the, the, the appraisal came in, you know, at what it should be. Thank God. And then the bank, they did a great job, my lender, of just scurrying to make this thing happen. Like, within, you know, five days, right? So, we, we scrambled. You know, they were doing their thing. I was getting them some last minute... Um, Um, documents you know I had to to show proof of and now I had to scramble and get you know insurance for the property and I had to pay for it in full and and you know send them a record of that and all that so and then of course I had to pack my car um, with as much as I could you know cuz I want to limit the trips from you know Virginia to New York right so I packed as much as I could fit I already had an idea Um, I already even had the car somewhat packed I had my kayak on top of the roof, uh, my dog Snuggy with me, and uh, you know we, we uh, drove to uh, uh, my son's apartment, and then uh, in in uh, in Virginia. And then you know the next day, the day of closing, I had to get up early and just again I didn't even unpack the car because it's going up to the cabin. So I just basically just me and Snuggy slept in the apartment on the couch. The next morning got up early and just went straight well actually went straight to the cabin Um to get the keys out of the lockbox and to do a quick walk around by myself. You know, the agent was pretty cool about letting me do that. He didn't need to be there. You know, it was just a wasted trip for him. So basically Snuggy and I just drove straight to the cabin, did a quick walk around, make sure, you know, everything was how it should be. Like they left the furniture like they were supposed to. You know, it's it's because it's, it's funny when you know, the I don't I don't know the 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 owners. They seem like a nice couple, but you know, people are funny sometimes when when they move when they're leaving a home, right? Like I remember, I bought this little old cape in um in Connecticut one time, and um, and the day you know after we closed, I didn't do a walkthrough, which I probably should have, but after we closed. When we could go to move in the house, the the owners took their doorknob, their door knocker with them, like it wasn't anything fancy. It was just a regular door knocker. But who who takes that, you know? And then of course I made the mistake of letting him move out. I guess after closing, and then he damaged the, the one of the gutters moving out. So, you know, you learn as life goes on. So this time around, I um. You know I want to for sure just do a quick walkthrough make sure everything was you know he left left the furniture like he was supposed to, and he did everything was great so I got the keys and then snuggy and I drove right to the lawyers office which was on know, maybe about half hour 40 minutes away two towns over and uh, and the closing took a little longer than I expected it was really just me the agent who you know I'm glad he was there you know obviously he wants to see, make sure he gets paid and the attorney the the sellers didn't have to be there and so I just signed and signed. I forgot how, how um, you know, lengthy a closing can be. I, for some reason, I thought they were quicker. But I must have signed my name like close to 100 times, you know, on 50 sheets of paper. It was, it was crazy. I forgot how involved a closing was. It's been a while since I bought a, a property. And Snuggie was good. She stayed in the car the whole time. She's a good girl like that. You know, with the kayak on top of the car and everything, so the closing went through. It took over an hour, which I was really surprised. But took over an hour, and now finally, you know, I drove past the local uh, supermarket, grabbed just some things real quick for the next like day or two, you know, before I went and did a bigger shopping, and then I went drove straight to the cabin, just enjoyed every moment of it. You know, relished it and 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 just started slowly moving stuff out and things like that you know but it was ex- it's exciting it's exciting to have a new property and this type of property you know it's a, it's a log home on 65 acres in the mountain so it's a whole different way of life you know and, and it's just, it was just exciting and then um i think then that day my son was he was to bring his truck from where his apartment with as much as he could and stuff like that. You know, it was about two hours, two and a half hours away from where we live. But it was just it's just very exciting. And you know, there's two takeaways for me in this process. Because there there were two things that I, I um I thought were a negative that actually turned into a positive. Uh, one was the, the gas fireplace. You know I've always I always wanted the wood burning fireplace and, and I, and I, I kind of fixated on that. Cause that's just that was like a, a almost like a deal breaker for me and I remember looking you know on Zillow and real realtor.com for cabins I would if it had a gas fireplace I would just scroll right past it and looking back now that was a mistake because the gas fireplace it actually it's so much easier to wake up in the morning and just turn it on with the you know the knob you know, the pilot light stays on, I don't have to click it every time, I just got to turn the knob on, and some of them I guess you can get a remote control, apparently this one I really can't, but that's fine, I just got to bend over and turn the knob to the left, and my fireplace goes on, and it heats up nice, it looks great, you know, um, it doesn't have that glass, you know, f- um, frame where to make it look fake, or it actually looks real and it's such a positive i didn't realize it until every morning and every night i want i could just turn it on and turn it off you know with the wood burning fireplace you have to you know you have to let the logs burn out and you know it takes a while to light so this is really so much better and I, i'm it's a shame i i didn't realize it but i appreciate it now and then another negative was you know, we're on a little a mountainside and there's only really like, I think, one, two, three, like four homes on this side of the mountain that my road accesses. So, you know, when, it, when, we, when we come off the Blue Ridge Parkway onto my road, there's, you know, one house there, this woman who actually owned like most of the mountain. I think she owned over, or most of this section of the mountain, she owned... I don't must be 200 acres or so at one time and and as years went on she's 80 something years old as years went on she sold off various parts of it I think she may. she's she has about I don't know maybe 60 acres left but you know there she she must own I don't know it had to be more than 200 acres maybe 500 acres but anyway so her house is the first house on the road then the next house is my neighbor but it's like right in front of my my the, my gate. I have this nice gate with two stone pillars, and my driveway. And you could see my cabin straight. You know, if you look up the driveway, the driveway's got to be about 50 yards, if not a little bit more, right? But my neighbor's house is like right there at the entrance to my gate, and I, that was always an eyesore to me, you know. And I never met the guy yet, but now, and that was always a, that was a negative for a while. I kind of dreaded it, but you know what? i would since met my neighbor. He's such a great guy. We could, we've gone fishing together. He's he went hunting with my son. He's just a super guy. He's the perfect neighbor in my opinion. And and he'll come by once in a while at night when when he he'll drive by on his little ATV and he'll come by. I I like that. I just think that's great. And plus at night when it's pitch black and you're in the mountains and you see nothing, it's kind of nice to see a house. Whatever, what, you know, 150 yards away, 200 yards away. It's kind of nice to see a house, you know, where there's a sign of life. If God forbid you need something and if you have to scream, you know, I'm sure if I scream loud enough, he could hear it, I think. Um, so it's just nice to have that close by. You know, I, again, I don't really like every time I leave my house, I got like I have to see his house. I'm not crazy about that. But you know what? It's not a bad thing. It really isn't. So, it's kind of a negative that really pretty much turned into a positive because I like the fact that he is that close. Um, so, that was, the, that was the second uh, negative that turned into a positive. But, so anyway, so, if, you know, whatever, in a few days, I finally, I see my neighbor pass mine his ATV on a road that, I guess, passes on both properties that continues up to the next property because what he does is he, he, he grew up in this mountain, so he, he helps other people on their land like he'll he'll cut their grass for them or stuff like that he'll and they'll let him hunt on the land he grew up here you know so so he's, he's uh everybody knows him and um so he'll pass by on his atv episode so i used to just wave because i'm not gonna go i'm not gonna yell and scream hey Nick. you know i'm just not gonna do that you know i figured at some point i'll i'll introduce myself which i finally did i don't know whatever four or five days later and it just turned out to be a super guy um but it's funny one night maybe the second week when he came by just to chat with us and stuff he he this is such a funny story he he says to me my son we're just sitting on the porch because really like from 4 30 on five o'clock on my son and i just love sitting on the porch with the dog we'll smoke a cigar we'll i'll have a little bourbon my son might have a beer you know and it's just a nice thing we watch the sunset it's really it really is a nice time it's my favorite time of the day really that other than in the morning so, so so he comes by we're just chatting and just out of blue, he says to me and my son, he says, hey, do you guys believe in the paranormal? And, you know, my eyes lit up because I love that stuff. You know, I always was into the ghost stories and all that thing stuff. And my son, I could tell he got a little nervous, like almost like a deer caught in the headlights. Because my son was 23. He was always scared of movies and things like that. He just was always scared. Especially if it involved like a young kid, like possessed or a young kid, um... Ain't even do with a young kid. It freaked him out even more. Like, uh, what was that movie? I'm trying to think, was it Strangers, where this couple was in a remote like cabin, and all of a sudden <laughs> this group of five people come knocking at the door, and they had these burlap like f- like hoods on, and there was a little kid that had the hood too. He was part of this f- crazy family, so that that freaked my son out. So right away, my son is like, he's on alert. So the guys, talking to us about. He says listen he goes you know you may see some orbs on your property he goes i've seen them on mine and you know the, the previous owner he saw it one night on his they're like blue orbs or something like that and they just kind of hover on the ground and then they'll just shoot you know and they're supposed to be you know friendly they're not you know mean or anything and so right you know my son i can see he's like he's kind of okay with that <laughs> but then then my neighbor he starts um he starts telling a story because he grew up not in this house that he owns now but he grew up nearby in the same town so he then starts telling us about a story about well, as he's growing up he used to see what he called shadow shadow men or shadow people like these little shadowy figures that are you could clearly see in a pit in pitch black they're so they're, they're so dark and pronounced you could see them and he said it used to freak him out you know so now this is freaking my son out like, cause now we're talking about a little figure. And it was, seemed like it was a mean thing, right? So that didn't sit well with my son. And then, <laughs> and then my neighbor, he tells us a story about on my property when the old lady used to own all of it, there was used to be a cabin somewhere near my two ponds that I have. And that this woman's cousin or friend or something was staying over for a night or two. And at some point, some... Whatever some book went flying off the shelf and the lady went running out of the house So that didn't sit well with my son either because now this is on our property. He's talking about so now we got orbs on our property and Some some other kind of spirits, right? If this guy I swear to you if, if my neighbor had told my son that he did see shadow people on my property He would have immediately left, right? Um, because after that story my son I swear to god for two weeks he was so stressed out and anxious. He really was contemplating not living here. I said to him, I said, are you kidding me? I said, this is a beautiful place. I said, I'm not, you know, and he said, oh, aren't you worried? I said, I'm not worried. I said, until, until somebody's screaming at me, like I hear voices saying, get out, I'm not going anywhere. Or if my dishes start breaking or my wine glasses and oh God forbid, my wine bottle, my wine bottle start breaking, yeah, okay, I'm out, I guess. But until then, I'm good. So I said, well, but you know, if you want, you could always go back to your house in in, in New York and knock yourself out, you know, wildlife wonderland or New York, knock yourself out. But you know, we're not buying another property and I'm, I'm not going to rent you an apartment somewhere. So, but he had to like suck it up for two weeks. And then one of those two weeks, I actually had to go back to New York for something just real quick for a week. So he had to stay here by himself. Oh my God. He was terrified. You know and uh, uh and his mother said you know you could stay in a hotel if you want i 'cause I'm, I'm not gonna pay for that so but um that just freaked him out and and what's interesting is and this was like two months ago my neighbors telling me the story right what's interesting is I was just on my phone and the first night that I was here after I closed that front gate down you know up, up my driveway I was walking back to the cabin and it was all lit up nice there's you know the, the previous owners had little garden lights and some nice porch lights and the inside lights so it, it's lit up very nicely at night it looks nice at night in fact my neighbor also he likes the idea that now somebody's in this cabin full time because his previous people were here on and off he says nice to like you know in, like i said like i said in pitch black to see another house lit up relatively nearby so the house looks nice lit up so i'm walking down the driveway and i stopped and i just took a picture of the front of the house because it looks so nice lit up in the dark right so literally just like two days ago i i f- i came across that picture and i'm like wow it's really nice let me put it as a screen saver on my phone you know lock screen and all that and the next day i'm looking at it and there's a cl- as clear as day on this big tree that's kind of in front of my cabin there's a green orb, a green orb. And I had to I I I was on the phone with somebody, I had to stop, hang up and go go tell my son, you know, and it it didn't really freak him out, but he's like, Wow, you know, I guess it's true this orb's on the property, but it's it's clear as day, it's a green orb. It's not a reflection of anything. There's nothing on it. It's on the it's on the middle of a tree, a huge tree trunk. That's that can't be a reflection from what the flash on my phone? I mean, it can't be because what's how is it my phone going to reflect on a tree? I don't know. To me, I mean, I'm going with it. I'm, I'm, to me, it's a green orb and that's it. But that's like crazy. But anyway, so you know, we're moving in and this property, you know, it's 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 a lot involved now. It's a lot, and but it's good work though. Like for example, I put a lot of my money into this property, you know, to put down right. So I don't have money now to go buy. I I really need like a zero turn mower what they call a zero turn mower probably the one of the biggest sizes i really need that um to cut the grass in the fields you know because i have like two huge open fields i have you know a lot of grass around my cabin um so i I didn't i wouldn't have the money for that i'm not gonna start putting out on credit and because i put so much on credit just for simple stuff like you know brooms mops you know whatever you know cleaning supplies you know rake whatever the case may be just things you kind of need to live i put so much on credit which i you know you know me i hate doing that especially when i just paid off one card uh and i was paying down the other one you know heavy so now i max you know almost max my cards out again which sucks but it had to be done right so anyway um You know, so I bought... I remember, you know, as a kid, you know, and if you guys are my age, you might remember your grandfather or your dad, they might have had, like, a a push mower. It's just a handheld one with, um, like, those metal blades, you know? So I I figured there's got to be, like, a modern version of that that isn't so hard to push and, you know, isn't gas-powered or electric, but that's just, you know, just a push mower. There's got to be a modern version of that. So sure enough, I went to Lowe's, and it was. And it was, like, $99, and it was just very easy to use much easier than that old metal one so i bought the push mower and i swear to god i lost like 10 pounds because every day i'm mowing my grass because it was so long and i spent like a you know an hour or two a day mowing the grass every day because i couldn't do the whole thing in one shot and uh you know it was good exercise for me and, and you know but again there's you know there's a lot of work with a with a property especially as big as this one I have a beautiful pond and I want to start making that thrive. So I'm learning about that, that the pond needs to be aerated, you know, and and that involves a little bit of work and there's no power to the pond. So, you know, do I get a windmill? Do I get solar? Do I try and have power to come to the pond? You know, a lot of issues with that. Now I start noticing more fish in the pond. Um, my son and I started fishing the nearby reservoirs and, and you're allowed to take the fish. So we've been stocking our own pond with bass, um my bass, bluegill, and just recently we put two crappy fish in there which are really nice. Um so we're stocking our pond and we're even catching our own fish that we've caught out outside the pond. We're catching them in our pond now. So it's a cool thing and it's a lot it's again it's fun work. You know um you know i'm trying to skim some crap off the pond i i learned about certain natural chemicals to get like like uh, bacteria to get that'll break up all the stuff on the bottom um so i got some of that treatment there's also another chemical that i guess kind of um it coats the water like it makes the water look bluish and it coats it it's almost like putting sunglasses on fish like it prevents the uv lights from from um which i guess create more bacteria in the summer and it, are, are, it's not healthy for fish so you know little little by little i'm learning i'm learning and then uh and then a few weeks later i found a local guy that that landscaper that he was advertising in a local bank that i opened up an account with he had a flyer out there in the front and you know so now he's cutting my grass my fields like whatever every, every two or three weeks so that's helping I'm, I'm not crazy about you know paying it's extra cash but again. I, I don't want to buy a mower right now, you know, and I can't cut by, by hand what he cuts. So it's worth the money. And it's only going to be for a few months. Hopefully next season I'll have this zero-turn mower, right? And I can't do like an ATV right now, I can't do a side-by-side, which are things you need on a property like this just to, you know, move stuff around, whether it's wood, whether if you're going to hunt and you got to bring the animal back, right? You, you know, you need things. So, I just can't do it right now, so we're just, you know, doing the best we can. Uh, my son, he's learning, like he did when we first moved here. Like I said, it was it was the, um, the end, the last, like, three weeks of spring turkey season. So, he'd get out there every morning and try and call the turkey in, and he'd see them, but didn't see the right one to shoot. It had to be a beater, beater male. So, um, but he he was calling out turkey and, you know, he'd see see deer, which you can't hunt right now. And now we're learning about feeding the deer and things like that. In fact, I just learned the other day that those salt blocks, which I know the previous owner had, I saw it when the the agent first showed me the property, but now it's gone. And then on the trail cam, we could see the deer like digging where it used to be, because the salt, it basically melts into the dirt and that's why they still go for it. And I just found out the other day that the salt is important for them. The calcium is important for for the, the antlers on the deer. It helps them grow. So, you know, there's things you could do off season to help your deer population, you know, to help them grow and also, you know, to bring them in or get them used to the property so you could hunt them. So there's a lot of just cool different things we're doing. It's, you know, it's a lot of work, but it's fun work. Um, you know, we, again, we're seeing bear on the property. Um, we also spotted a, a small mountain line on the trail camera. We are seeing bear in person, you know, which, which, you know, can be dangerous. You always, you have to be mindful of that. So I'm making sure there's no garbage on the front porch, things like that. Getting rid of the garbage as much as I can. You know, unfortunately here we're we're kind of remote. So there's no garbage truck coming once a week or twice a week. No recycling coming like what you guys are probably used to. So I have to go drive, you know, maybe two and a half, three miles to these these bins that are on the side of the road that the county provides for you, you for you to dump your own garbage. You know, and some people even burn their own garbage. I don't want to get involved in that though so garbage is you know that's a chore in and of itself you know and thank god we had the pickup truck for that to just throw it in the back you know we're spending time clearing the pop property because we're finding like a little bit of junk here and there on different trails you know broken glass you know old old metals whatever you know so we're clearing the property you know it's a lot of work but it's fun work um and and um and just a week ago i i bought 10 little chicken, baby chicks, that are going to produce eggs for me. I bought these Rhode Island Reds, which are good egg producers. They produce, on average, 265 eggs a year. I got 10 of them. And, you know, I put them in a brooding, what's called a brooding tub, in this little cottage that's near the house. I was going to do it originally in the garage, but that didn't seem like a good deal. So I put it in this cottage that I was just using for storage. I cleared it out. And I set up the tub with a heat lamp and some bedding and food and water. It's it's very easy actually, you know. And the chicks are they're only they're only three dollars each, and you know they're going to produce supposedly 265 eggs a year for me. And then I bought this chicken coop that holds eight to ten hen adult size hen. I just built that the other day by myself. Um, my son's now staining it with a, with a, a combination of stain and sealer, you know. So it's it's again it's a lot of fun work. You know, we're we're doing a lot of cool stuff, fishing and, you know, getting a little involved in hunting. My son tried, um, we went out a few nights and and tried calling out uh, coyotes because there are coyotes in the area and they're a big problem, especially I have have the little dog and whatnot, so they're a huge problem. You know, if we could kill as many as we can, it helps all of us here in the mountain because they are a danger. Um, so I got him this electronic call, you know, has different, dis- like, like a rabbit distress sounds and all these, and it's kind of eerie because in our open fields where, where you put them, it does sound like these live, like these animals are like in distress or, or hurt. And it's kind of eerie because it does echo throughout the fields. So we tried a couple of nights and, and we, you know, I think my son heard them in the background the, the coyotes, but they didn't come out. I didn't really hear anything. Um, but eventually you know he'll, he'll eventually figure out how to draw him the right way and who knows maybe we will even too close to the call you know but but we're learning we're learning it's it's just a, it's a great thing it really is and now I'm noticing because when people come to the property to do work like my landscape or whoever you know we talk about the property and stuff in general and I'm always learning from them and it's interesting this um I had an electrician come over to, to do some things here that need to be done and and he he pointed out some bear scrapes near my near my house behind it on some trees because a, and he, he, I learned that a bear will scrape at a tree to mark its territory because an adult bear I think they want to have like ten miles of radius to themselves and so they they'll mark a territory to make sure to let another bear know this is my area you know it's fun kind of funny how that works right and I have seen a bear come by the back of my house you know my backyard literally my backyard um so I guess he's marking the territory so that's interesting to see stuff like that you know I've got the hummingbirds on the porch and the feeder um I'm seeing all different types of birds and you know what one night was crazy one night a few weeks ago um I took my little dog out for her final walk before she goes to bed you know I just walk off the front porch with her and I tell her you know right there in the grass I say oh go bye-bye when she goes she's smart like that so she must have like stirred something up in the grass because as her and i are now walking back onto the porch i see this like huge green thing fluttering and flying and like trying to you know slam at the at the front door there or the side door and like it was almost like the size of a bat but it was green so i didn't know you know if an immature bat is green before it turns black or brown i didn't know you know, and it like freaked me out because it was flapping around and on the floor and on the door and going towards the light. It was huge. So I went in, I was, I was too scared to open up that door. I went to the other door and I called my son and I said, look at this thing. Because by now it, it went ahead and, and it like it attached itself to the light. And I even have the yellow bulbs that supposedly, um, um, uh, not repel, but I guess they were deterrent to the moth, you know, to moths. And but it went right on it went almost right up into the light actually. Maybe it wanted the warmth, I don't know. So I said to my son, I said, You see this thing? Look at this. He goes, Yeah, I, th- I thought I saw that the other day. So I looked it up. It's a luna, not lunar, luna, l-u-n-a. It's a luna moth, a green luna moth. It's huge. I don't it must be it might be the biggest moth, I'm not sure. But it's huge. And they although it's not rare, it's rarely seen because it only flies at night and it really looks to mate after midnight and it only stays alive for like seven to ten days to mate and then it dies and it signifies new beginnings and all that which i thought was great you know but it was just so wild to see it was amazing you know it was just it was exciting it was just bright green and I think it had like a yellow dot on it It was really wild to see so was, we're just seeing some cool stuff here and even the moths the the smaller ones there are some that are like you know camouflage they look like desert storm army tanks there are some that are. Uh, I saw one the other day I even took a picture of it it had like a little la- like pink and lavender in it you know and then there's other ones that are just different shades of brown with spots and then the other day I saw another one this one was a pretty good size it was almost like half the size of the lunar moth. It was the biggest non-lunar moth I've seen so far, and it was on the, um, it was in the morning like around sunrise, it was on the floor, of the uh, right on the floor of the front porch, and I'm looking out the window, and I see it's just kind of flapping a little bit, it looked kind of pretty, you know, it was nice brown with some different colored dots, and then the weirdest thing was I saw this bird on, on you know, at the base of the stairs on the gravel path that... You know, hopped up the stairs and it just, it's, it showed interest in this moth. And then it started pecking at it. And I, don't, I didn't know birds ate moths or were interested. But it started pecking at this big moth, which I don't know if the moth was injured or just maybe, I don't know. Because sometimes you just see them hanging out on the, you know, on the ground fluttering. I don't know if that means they're injured, injured tired, or I don't know what. But so he started, the bird started pecking at this moth. And then it literally put it in its mouth and flew away with it. I thought that was wild because I didn't think birds ate moths. I didn't know. Uh, you know, I thought they just ate worms and seeds. So, um, so, anyways, that, that was interesting. But a lot of cool stuff's going on. You know, my dog's having a ball. She loves a pond. She loves getting into it. You know, I had her on the kayak in my pond the other day, and, and uh, she fell off it, you know. So, now I put my vest on her. And um, and then yesterday, I'm out with her again, but I wasn't on the kayak. My son was on the kayak. So I'm just like on the shore fishing, but I did put her vest on just in case, you know, because she she likes exploring the pond. In case she wanted to go for a swim, I don't know. And now I'm all done fishing, and and I'm I'm unpacking my stuff, and then I take on the dock there that she goes on, and I take her her vest off, and then I go help help my son come in with the kayak, and you know, to to you know you know help him get off and stuff, and and all of a sudden we hear the splash. <laughs> my dog fell off the dock into the pond. <laughs> It's like literally a minute after I took her vest off. But she was cool. She swam to the shore. She followed my voice and she was good. So from now on, until I'm ready to leave, she's got to have that vest on, you know. So, um, and again, I'm learning about the pond. And I noticed, I have this nice big pond, I guess about a half acre in size. um, And there's a smaller pond just above it. Because this is, we're talking about a mountainside. So it's kind of going up, you know, slow steep. At this point, and then it gets a little, you know, a little more inclined, right? And there's a stream, a natural stream that just comes down my whole property, you know, which is nice. Oh, and you know, let me get back to this. So, in a, let me get back to the, the, the ghost story thing. Because I have this little, like a mill, looks like a little grist mill. I don't know if you guys have one in your town. A grist mill where the water moves a wheel and I guess that powers something to make wheat or, or I don't know what, right? What a grist mill does. So, I have this small one on my property further away, like down a valley in one of the open fields, and it's near this stream that comes down my mountain. So, I have this big stream that comes down the mountain, right? So, it it it, it, it comes down the whole property, and I guess part of it feeds into, overflows into a small pond, which then overflows into my larger pond, which is just a little bit lower, right? And then... I guess the bigger pond then over, um, overf- when that overflows, it drains into the stream, that leads to this little gristmill type thing. It has the wooden wheel and everything, and you know I might, you know, be nice to fix up and see if it could actually work again. So anyway, so when my neighbors tell me these ghost stories about the orbs and the shadow people and all this other stuff, I said to them, I said, oh yeah, by the way, what's the story with that old? that old mill there on the property because my, my neighbor knows my property better than me because over the years he's not he's been here I don't know maybe eight years so he's known the last like three owners and they've always you know sought his help on the property so he like he he built tree stands hunting tree stands for one of the owners you know so he knows the property well Um, so I said to him, what's the story with that little mill because because on the on down my main road the Blue Ridge Park is right there. There's literally a famous mill there. It's called the Mabry Mill. And it's the most taken picture in the state of Virginia by tourists or by just travelers. Right? It's absolutely beautiful. But that's a real mill. So I said to myself, what's with the mill on my property? Because, you know, there's the big mill down there. What, is, what's the, what was the point of this one? And he said to me, he goes, well, he said probably back in the day, that was a cover or a front for moonshiners. Because moon, when you moon, when you I guess make moonshine, you need very cold natural stream water. Because this is right on the stream. So he said that was probably a front. They probably were just using the cold water to make moonshine, and they created this you know fake little mill to make it look like they weren't doing anything illegal. If you know whatever fishing game came by or sheriff's or I don't know what was back in the day law enforcement, right? So I could imagine that because this little mill i gotta tell you looks a little haunted (laughs) i can imagine what went on back in the day in this structure like i don't know there must have been some raping and pillaging going on and gunfights and god knows what back in the day maybe you know while they're making moonshine they're playing cards getting drunk stabbing each other like who knows the history you know and plus my neighbor said too, there's you know indians used to be up here as well they'd come up here in the summer because it was cooler to like hunt Fish, things like that, and then when it got cold, they'd go back to wherever wherever else it was warmer for them. So, you know, there's a lot of history on this property. I'm sure a lot of history and a lot of spirits. You know, but right now no one's chasing us away, right? So, but again, we had this little mill. I wouldn't mind getting that operational again, just for the effect of watching the the, the water wheel um, um, spin. But anyway, getting back to the pond thing, you know, so the the smaller pond was 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 water falling. what i should say water dripping not water falling water dripping into not directly into my pond but like into a very shallow end so it really didn't it made a nice sound which was nice but it didn't really and it added water slowly to the pond to the big pond but it didn't like create enough aeration or any aeration whatsoever right because it's only falling on basically you know mud mud that's slowly you know seeping into the pond or dripping into the pond but i noticed I noticed a few weeks ago that, um, there is now another, there is also another pipe that leads from that lower pond and it parallels this little water dripping fall thing. But again, that's only seeping into the side of this shallow end of the pond, but it's coming out pretty nicely. And I just noticed it so and it was it's like two inch PVC piping or maybe three inch something like I think it's two inch PVC piping. And it had like a little shutoff valve and all that stuff, but it was dripping nicely, not dripping, it was actually flowing nicely into the pond. So I thought to myself, well, you know what, maybe maybe I could just, I don't know, extend the pipe out. You know, and so it could we like pour nicely into the actual pond itself to create bubbles in aeration so i actually i did it i got 40 feet of pvc piping i got four of one inch pvc no two inch i'm sorry i got um i got um four feet four 10 foot long two inch pvc pipes and i was able to couple them and couple it into this main thing and i learned how to you know what to do to couple each each section and then i and then at the at and where my water, like where, where the water of the pond actually does start, where it's like at least a foot deep, there is a pole already there with like a, a duck box on it. So I was able to easily attach it to that pole. It's only like honestly a foot and a half to two feet off the water, but it's enough that it creates enough constant bubbles that'll aerate that little section. And what's interesting is that section seems to be an area where fish are spawning and there's beds for either, for the bass. So it's nice that I was able to aerate, naturally aerate that section. But now I got to really try and figure out what to do with the rest of the pond I have to get these air stones at least two or three air stones that'll sink on the bottom and just like a fish tank and it'll bring air bubbles up and that's important for the health the uh, for the fish it aerates the water provides oxygen it it prevents bacteria from uh, or crap from muck from uh, it'll break up that muck that settles on the bottom so it's so much better for the water it's so much better for the fish and probably in the winter it'll prevent ice from forming so that'll be better for my fish as well. So I'm, I'm looking into all these things slowly, and it's just it's just very exciting. It really is, and you know I'll just keep you posted on what's going on. But it's just exciting. The on a on a sad note, believe it or not, I'm again I'm right on the Blue Ridge Parkway. You have to get on the Blue Ridge Parkway to get to my property. So for I told you this before. So for a motorcyclist like me, that's like that's like nirvana. And would you believe I I only took since I other than the initial ride coming here from my son's apartment where I was storing the bike. I only took one ride (laughs) because I've been so busy doing other stuff. It's crazy, but I got to get out on the bike. I do. I have to, because it's a shame. It's so beautiful here. That's one thing. That's one negative. I haven't been getting out on the bike, but I I will. Um, But anyway, so, you know, I guess, you know, I just look the, the, I guess the point of this part, this, this um, episode is, and you know what? I'm not going to say that. Well, well, you know, because I could do, because I'm doing this, you guys could do this. I don't want to, I don't want to say, well, anybody could, if I could, you know, buy my lifelong dream cabin and property, anybody could do it. That's not true. You know why? Because I really believe that that you have to, you have to put it out there to you, to the universe of what you want in life. And you have to really focus on it. And if you focus on it enough, like I've been looking for a cabin like this for, you know, probably two or three years, you know, so If you will it, it can happen, but you have to put it out there to the universe. You have to put it out there and then the stars will align and whatever and and it can happen. It's not easy, but you have to believe it's going to happen. You have to do what you can to make it happen. You can't just, it can't just be a dream, right? You have to actively pursue this dream, which means you have to, you have to look for the property that you want you know, think about, you know, travel and go see places. Like I was able to get on my motorcycle and go check out a few cabins or get in the, my son's truck and go check it out. So, Or go or, or, or online, constantly looking for stuff, right? So you have to take an active role in the things you want in life. You can't just dream about it, you know? So that's why I say, well, if I could do it, anybody could do it. No, because I took an active role in this dream of mine, of making it come true. And yeah, it was frustrating at times, you know? but I never lost hope and I never lost focus that this is how I want to live my life. So I've, I found that this, I'm going to die here. I love this place. You know? I mean, I, this is what I wanted. You know, it's like, it's my dream cabin. I've got my pond, I've got acreage. I mean, this is, this is me. This is what I want. I can't see myself living anywhere else, honestly, you know, other than maybe in Italy, which is another dream of mine, which will happen. But for now, this is my dream. This is where I want to live, and and I I I got lucky absolutely, but I also made it happen. You've got to put yourself out there for for the stars to align, right? You have to put yourself out there for 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 luck to come your way. I mean, I mean look, if you you guys that live in a city, right? Like I grew up in, in in Brooklyn, New York, right? If you want to catch the bus, you got to be on the bus stop, right? You got to be on that corner with the yellow line. Am I right? Right? You ain't catching the bus anywhere else. You ain't catching the bus in front of your house unless you live you know, live on a bus stop. But other than that, you have to walk up to the corner. Or you have to walk five blocks. You have to walk to the bus stop to get the bus. Am I right? I mean, it's a, that's a simplified version of what I'm talking about. So you have to actively pursue your dream. You can't just think about it and hope and and look at other people's TikTok videos or Instagram and their dreams and hope that one day it'll be yours. You have to take an active role. In pursuing your dream now yeah it took also money so thank God thank God if I and I'll tell you the truth if I wasn't if I didn't make the money I made in the last year trading options the way I do if I didn't make that money I would not have had the money to put down on this or the money to, to continue to pay for it so yeah you need the money so you've got to do what you got to do to get that money whether it's working three jobs, whether it's working two jobs and starting to do investing, whatever it takes, you gotta do what you got it takes to make that money. So you've gotta take an active role in your dream. And you may have to do a few other things to to support that dream or that journey. Right? Like I had to make the money to support it if it came true. And and it all and again it all aligned at the right time. But again, this took me two over three maybe over three years from the original dream but it can happen but you've got to take an active role in it so well, all I can say to you is my friends is, is that when you if you do have a dream each, if you can't each day go for it or ever so often just keep moving forward for that dream and, and, and that's the only chance of it happening and what's the alternative just dreaming about it and not doing anything and, and never getting that is that you know? Is that is that where you want to go? You want to be that guy, like right? The cemeteries are full of unfulfilled dreams, right? Is that who you want to be? You want to be that guy that says, "Oh, someday I'll do this, someday I'll do that." I spoke about this before, right? So just pursue your dreams, and and maybe it'll happen, maybe not. But the only way it's gonna happen is if you push actively pursue it. Then it'll happen, or at least you'll increase your chance of it happening. Um, Another thing I want to say, too, is that, you know, in town, like the local town is about maybe 20 miles away. Right. So they have a farmer's market, you know, um, every Saturday, which I haven't gone to yet. And they have it on Thursdays. They just started, which I went to. You know it's interesting because the local people now are like a lot of people in this area that they're making they're growing their own blueberries you know they're growing their own um or they're processing their own meat they they might have some cattle on their on their farms and they'll they'll send it like like this one family has uh, has has a cattle farm they'll send it to a place in north carolina where they'll 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 certify you know it's a usda certification and they'll cut up what they want uh out of the out of the cow or 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 bull they'll cut up whatever cuts you want then these people will sell it locally so lots going on in the area you know people are raising their eggs and things like that for their own consumption that's why I'm excited about raising my own eggs you know by December January my hands hopefully will start laying eggs and I'm excited about that because I've always heard that fresh eggs are just so creamy and I eat eggs every day my son and I you know we go through I don't know maybe two and a half three dozen eggs a week I don't even know you know and that's costly what's a dozen eggs right $3 $4 you know so it'd be nice to you know, start sustaining yourself, you know, uh, without paying for it, you know? So, but I'm just excited about what's going on. But like I said, these are just a big dream and little dreams now. And, you know, having my pond and, and making that thrive and, ra- you know, raising you know raising my own eggs and stuff like that. I mean, that's just exciting to me. My son, he wants to start growing things. Uh, we have some blueberry bushes. That was really main, mainly for an attractant for, um, I think, deer and turkey, I think, or just deer. But, you know, he wants to start growing stuff for you know for us like he grew um he planted a soybean field about a quarter of an acre in one of our open fields and it looks like the deer already ate it like we didn't even get any for ourselves yet the deer just obliterated it. so we got to figure out i guess at some point if we want soybean for ourselves, we have to do an electronic fence and things like that so you know we're just learning about different stuff it's a lot of fun but again my friends whatever your dreams are just focus on it it may not happen tomorrow it may not happen for five or ten years but it can happen and the only way to do it the only way to make it happen is to actively pursue that dream I don't mean I don't mean just obsess over it I mean actively pursue it and do whatever else it takes to support that goal making the money freeing yourself up you know selling stuff minimizing or minimalizing your life you know whatever it takes to get to that point I think it can happen. You know, it's funny, I was I was I saw a video, I think it was God, was it Will Smith? Trying to remember. Maybe it was Will Smith. Something like there is no plan B. You know, if you have if you start having plan B's, you're never gonna focus on plan A. You know, because if you always have a fallback, something to fall back on, you will fall back. Right? So have your plan A. And then maybe you're, you know, A subsection one, plan A subsection two, you know, something like that. But don't have plan A, B, C, and D. You know, for me, that was part of my, I could say, non-success in life. Is that, you know, I had, I had, when I should have had a plan B, I didn't. And when I shouldn't have had a plan B, I did. So, you know, I made those mistakes over, over the years. But now I know if there is a dream... Just keep focusing on it and do do the other things that will help support that dream. But, you know, never have like a plan B when it comes to your dreams. You want to have a plan B when it comes to finances, things like that. That's fine. Like, you know, you're working a job and maybe you want to try and dabble in the stock market or whatever the case may be or flipping baseball cards or whatever. That's okay. But never have a, a plan B to take away from your dream. Thanks for listening to Angel Q. I'll chat with you soon.